0: Head over to TheInforium.com slash Nebula to sign up now. Hey, what's going on everybody and welcome back to the College Info Geek podcast. I'm back from Iowa. Oh man. You're back from Iowa? That is also true. Uh, I'm pretty pumped to get this week. Well, I can't say start the week because it's Thursday, but to finish out the week (laughs) strong. Though I heard that uh, you're not feeling as energetic today. No, I'm dying. (laughs) Care to tell the audience why? Because
1: I spent six hours from 10 to 4 in the morning moving the site to a new server.
0: And I I seem to remember a Slack message from you saying, it won't take very long.
1: Yeah, I put put a window. I was like, anytime between 8 and 6 a.m., it Mm -hmm. probably won't take that long, but we'll see. And then I took most of that. Yeah. Well, it was
0: prudent of you to give the window and to well, make it because stuff
1: goes wrong it's true computers yeah. are dumb i didn't know database server was going to have problems yep well theoretically
0: moving a site is not that difficult no move theoretically the files, lots of stuff is just fine you know but then yeah and then everything goes wrong and of course everything goes wrong when you're moving a database with eight years worth of content in it
1: oh yeah it's not it's not easy to test because it takes so long to, to do anything with
0: it yep uh, so I have some, some items of business before we get into this week's episode. Hashtag but, business. Uh, if, you, if you, for some reason, did not read the title, we're going to be answering five of your questions. Um, we take questions from our YouTube comments. We take questions from basically anywhere. Yep. We grab them from Instagram, emails, Twitter, Reddit, emails. Twitter, yeah. Yep. I figure out a way to kind of pipe them all into this big Trello project. And then it's your fun job to organize them and pick good ones. So, let's hope that you didn't horribly fail at that this week. I don't know, but um, maybe I did. So, in in the most potentially exciting order of business for you, I have found that I'm starting to like green tea.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yep. finally, you join the world of culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, and to in this teapot here, I have some gunpowder green tea. Ooh, from gun, gunpowder green spring again. Gong Fu in Iowa. Um, I was, so I was, I went in there and I was looking at their little tea category or no tea catalog and gunpowder stuck out to me because it said an especially strong green blend. That's great for coffee drinkers. And I said, that's for me. Yeah. Gunpowder green was one of the first ones. Was it was one of your first that I remember liking and I didn't remember wherever I got it, but. Oh, okay. Anna was telling me this is like a really basic kind of I don't know if the bottom of the barrel is the word, but it's nothing special kind of green tea, but I actually like it. So, yeah. well, I mean, it's just leaves, you know, it is just leaves. They still water. taste good. But I mean, as we discussed in the tea episode, there's many different ways of making those leaves very special in Zen grow them in the shade, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to keep drinking this for a while. Um, do we ever talk about the health benefits of tea? If if there are any... I don't remember. It was in my
1: outline, but the, a lot of times outlines kind of get thrown out the window. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's got like antioxidants, man. They get rid of the free radicals and we don't want free radicals. I don't we want, want free... all the radicals behind bars.
0: Yeah, I want caged radicals. No radicals can be free in my body. Yeah. That sounds like a get recipe for of chaos. There. Get them out of there. They're going to try to overthrow my bodily government <laughs> and I don't want them to. Get up on out of here with my eye holes. Um <laughs> 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 oh my God. And like half the audience left. Somebody somebody told me they were unsubscribing for my channel because I had like a two second Rick and Morty reference in one video. <laughs> Did they
1: not like Rick and Morty?
0: I think they were joking about unsubscribing. So I just commented back, well, I guess that you just don't have the correct level of intellect to truly appreciate the nuance behind this reference. And it was a, a fun conversation ensued from there. Oh, that sounds fun. But yeah, I am starting to like green tea, so I'm going to spend a little while getting used to drinking this gunpowder as a little daily morning ritual, and then I'm open to trying new ones. Oh, man. Whatever. What's your favorite? Like hoji genmai cha or something like that?
1: I like uh, hoji cha. I like genmai cha. I like sencha when it's like really good. Um, I'm a big fan of the green teas from Jugetsudo, which is the kind they sell in the Portland Japanese garden. They're the best green teas I've ever had. Is Jugetsudo a... It's a brand.
0: Oh, it's a brand. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if there's, there's like a the the ones
1: that I got from the Portland Japanese Garden from that brand are my favorite green teas I've ever had. Hmm. Did you stock up for yourself? I left? I do have
0: some, yes. I saw that you stocked up on pictures too. Uh yeah, I took I took quite a few pictures. So I've been following your Instagram every day and I can't tell if it's because you're currently posting your pictures from the Portland Jap- uh, Japanese Garden and it's just better scenery or you're getting better at Lightroom, but I feel like they're getting steadily better. Oh, well, I don't do anything in Lightroom. You do nothing? Nothing. Wait, how do you process the photos? Just I just open program? it in
1: Lightroom. It does the corrections based on the lens. Like okay. just default, making it a picture. And then I do no development whatsoever and oh. export it. I'm, I'm like a bit of a purist. Okay.
0: So you're, are you spending more time on the white balance or the, the no. ISO or something when you take a picture? Like-
1: well, I mean, I oh. I definitely pay attention to like all the various things: aperture, shutter speed, ISO. Yeah, all all, all the stuff. You know, I I try to take the pictures very intentionally. Okay. I don't. Sometimes I'll just be like, "That's cool," and snap a picture, but those never make it anywhere. That's just for my memories. I consider oh. snapshots and photographs to be completely different things.
0: Okay, so you're spending a lot more time in composition.
1: I've taken over fifteen hundred photos, thing. and I have like forty on my Instagram.
0: Holy crap! Okay.
1: So it's just, I'm, I'm very sure of what I want something to look like. Yeah. So I ruthlessly call almost everything.
0: That makes sense. I want to up my Instagram game. So maybe I'll have to go on a little photo trip with you at some point. Um, but I am trying to learn a little bit of Lightroom too. There's some pretty cool stuff you can do in there. Like yeah, uh, selecting a, cool... a certain area and changing the hue to make it kind of pop out more. Yeah. You know, make it pop. Yeah, it's, Lots of tri- designers it's true. just true. The only now. reason
1: I don't do it is cuz I'm taking photos of like mostly nature, so I want to capture yeah. entirely natural light entirely. This is, you know, what yeah. it, what it was. I don't really I guess I can make the leaves purple or something, you know, but it's well, going to be not that.
0: I suppose like the picture I'm thinking of in my head right now, um there's this beautiful landscape. I think it was taken in Scotland and then the photographer's wife went into the middle of the scene wearing a yellow raincoat. And yellow and blue really stand out nicely from nature scenes. So they just kind of like brought up the yellow a little bit in Uh, post. And it just has like this really nice juxtaposition with all the green and brown and earth tones. But yeah, um, other order of business. Hopefully, by the time you guys are watching this episode, uh, the CIG podcast will also now be on Facebook Watch which is a relatively new platform. Yes, what is this? So video has been a thing on Facebook for years, but I kind of see watch as like a sort of cross between Netflix and YouTube. Um, If you have the Facebook app, there's like, I think the second tab on the bottom row of tabs is watch. And then uh, for a while, you couldn't get to watch on the desktop, but now you can. And I don't think just anyone can upload to it. You do have to get whitelisted right now but we did and you basically create a show. So it's less like YouTube where you come to the homepage and you see just a bunch of random videos like PUBG sniper compilations next to Carl Sagan, next to the pipe strip. It's more like Netflix where you see a bunch of shows, though there is a discover section where you can see some episodes. Um, I, I think they're going for more of a Netflix vibe though because you have to upload like this show mark. So I just put College Info Geek for ours, and it shows on every thumbnail. So I think they're trying to do more to identify, like this is a show rather uh, than- It's not just
1: random yes. random videos. It's like a yeah. collection.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. One thing I do like about it is unlike Facebook, when you scroll down to look at something else on the site, the little video just pops out into this little thumbnail in the corner so you can keep watching it, which is kind of cool. Oh. But um, I just want to, have the show wherever it's easiest for people to consume it. That's why we are on Spotify and YouTube and Apple podcasts. Consume us. Yeah. Consume us. Google play, all those things. And I think Facebook watch is going to become, I don't know if, I don't know if it's the YouTube killer, but it's definitely on the still biggest social network in the world and playing around with it. It's a pretty slick platform. So uh, we'll have a link in the show notes, um, but if you want to find it uh, manually, you can just put in my name into Facebook. There's now a Thomas Frank page, and I've tied the College Info Geek podcast to that page. It'll be the first thing you see Cool on the page, so it'll be in the show notes, though. Uh, so let's get into these questions. We've got five questions, and as always, I want to remind you guys that if you have questions you want answered on episodes like this, um, send them to us basically however you want. Facebook watch comments, YouTube comments, tweet them to me, at Tom Frankly on Twitter. Instagram DMs also work. Smoke signals sometimes work. It depends on what way I'm facing. That's, that's really dangerous in, in Colorado though. It is dangerous in Colorado, but if I happen to be looking off my balcony with like one of those really long scopes that like um, Captain Jack Sparrow uses, then I might be able to see into Kansas where maybe it's a little less dangerous. So if you're in Kansas, then maybe use Smoke Signals. I guess. Kansas is the place to be, apparently. Otherwise, some sort of digital platform. So let's jump right into this first question here. Uh, I need to find it on my little Evernote thing here. All right, here we go. I stopped using social media almost a year ago, but I want to go back to Instagram to see the people I love and share photos. How can I still use social media without costing me my peace, focus, and free time?
1: very good question. It is indeed, because we hear a lot about how social media is terrible for your mm-hmm. happiness and, and for your focus, you know, lots yeah. of things. And I agree with most of those points. So, mm-hmm. well, bo- I know, But we both have social media. Yes, we And do. use them to varying degrees.
0: I know you were reluctant about
1: Instagram for quite a while. but Yes, now you because have I, in theory, hate social media. <laughs> but really, it's
0: I hate a certain pattern of use. Yeah. Well, so. I know people who every spare moment of the day, they're on their phone and they'll get sucked into it. So one, they're not present, but two, they end up wasting a bunch of time. So if you know they were going to roll right into something and maybe had a five minute break, now it's a 15 minute break and they're yeah. distracted trying to roll into the next thing. Uh, now I feel you're better at this than I am. So I'll let you take the lead on it. Okay, well, uh, let's see. As far as straight up
1: tips to use social media go, I would say consider taking the app off of your phone Twitter is not on my phone. Instagram is only because I cannot upload multiple images and I occasionally do. I have to like use the, the album app. album thing? Yeah, I have to use the app for that. Okay. I can't just use my little browser workaround that I talked about in whatever episode that was. Whatever episode it was. Yeah. It was like the last I, it two. Was, it was within the last two. Um, but it, if it doesn't need to be on your phone, it shouldn't be. If it is on your phone, turn off all notifications and badge icons and hide it somewhere in a folder so that it's hard to get to.
0: I feel personally attacked right now. We
1: need the 20-second rule here. <laughs> those notifications are going to stop you no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, if you need absolute control, there's the Freedom app, right, that yep. you've used. I don't personally use those because eventually I find them too restricting, but they can work yeah. if you really need it.
0: I'm going to talk about it. It's one of my notes here.
1: Um, Let's see. Oh, also, keeping your phone away from you because you shouldn't be on it in general. So yeah. I prefer having like uh, a messenger bag if I go somewhere with my phone in that rather than in my oh, pocket. okay. Because it's a degree of separation. And that means that if my phone vibrates or has some stupid nonsense, it's in the bag, I don't really notice. So I'm carrying a little notebook and pen in my pocket where the phone goes. So yeah. when I think I need to write something down, I, oh, I guess I'll actually write it down because I I reached for my phone, but I got something that doesn't take me out of the moment and make me say, I might as well check Instagram while I'm writing this note down and then I forget what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But when the phone is farther away from you, it is better. And maybe if you're being really in the moment, straight up turn it off. Yeah. Just As long as it's inconvenient to use it, you'll use it
0: less. And for anybody who hasn't seen the video we did about the 22nd rule, basically the idea here is that any activity has a certain amount of activation energy, which is what the the guy who wrote the book that this term comes from calls it, uh, to get into doing it. And activation energy could be the amount of effort it takes to do it, but it also is the amount of time it takes to do it. So the whole idea with the 20-second rule is if you don't want to do something, then make it take more time, hence using more activation energy to do it. If you want to do something more often, then lower that activation energy. 20 seconds is not scientific. It's just a, you know. Yeah, a it's, quippy, it's
1: just random. Quippy
0: uh, number that works really well. But if you want to play guitar, then buy a guitar stand, keep a cheap guitar out in your living room all the time. And then you're just going to pick it up because it takes three seconds to do it. And like you said, if you have your phone in your messenger bag, then it's going to take you a lot more time to actually yeah. use it. I mean, you could even turn it off during the day if you really wanted to. Yeah, I then you have like a minute long boot don't up time. You need it most of the time. It's, yeah. it's
1: really about taking advantage of human nature to be lazy and impulsive. Mm-hmm.
0: So Exactly. And you got to remember that these these apps are built by like some of the smartest people in the world with the specific intention of having you use them as much as possible. So some of the thoughts I had on this, uh, one thing I do want to clear up here, because if anybody is very observant listening to this, they're going to be like, Hey, Tom uses social media all the time.
1: That he Um, does.
0: Number one, I'm definitely not perfect about this at all. And I'm not perfect about many things, but I appear to use social, social media a lot. Number one, because I schedule a lot of things. Um... But even though I don't think people should use social media all the time, when they do use it, I wanna have my content present for them so they can benefit from it. So that's why I try to be pretty frequent with it. But I use Buffer to schedule my posts. Um, if it's if it's a video, I have to hit a little thing and like actually post it when it comes up as a notification. But if it's a photo, it can just go out and I could have scheduled it in a batch yeah. task time. Uh, so we talked about basically it's like not, pulling it out and using it all the time. I think that you could you could look at social media. If you have the goal of just seeing your friends' photos and engaging with people you love, look at it like video games. You don't play video games all throughout the day in little five minute bursts, unless you have like Flappy Bird in your oh, phone or something. That's true, that's you, true other than
1: smartphone games, yes. Yeah,
0: you have like a specific time, usually at the end of the day, where you spend an hour playing Fortnite or you guys come over and we play Worms or something like that. It's like a block of time. So if social media is something that's valuable to you, uh, make a block of time for it. Now, social media is something that's very valuable valuable to me as a creator, so my block of time is often spent answering DMs, answering tweets, and then creating content and scheduling it in buffer so it'll go out at nice regular intervals. But for the most part, I'm trying to put that in a specific block of time where I can do it more efficiently instead of trying to make stuff. Now, I'm not perfect again for stuff like Instagram stories. I'm trying to document parts of my day. That happens during the day, but uh, a lot of it is blocked off. Um, let's briefly talk about your web browser hack, because that is something that would work for using Instagram and being able to post on it yeah. without having it on yeah, your phone. Yeah, without the special features that yeah. like if you don't need them. And I have an upgraded version of that after you tell about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so basically what I'm doing is either in Firefox or Chrome, you can, usually you can right-click, inspect element is one of the things. You click mm-hmm. that, and it'll open up developer tools. And within the developer tools section, there is a little menu item that I think looks like a phone or a tablet, depending on the, which browser it is. But you can basically set the browser to pretend that it's an iPhone, then you refresh the page, now the website thinks it's an iPhone, yeah. And you'll have the little plus button at the bottom, so you can actually upload pictures straight from your desktop. So most of the time, that's what I'm doing. Are you using Firefox? I'm using Chrome, but it like it works fine in both. Okay,
0: because the way that I do it in Chrome, and maybe this is a Windows thing, I do inspect element, and there's a little drop down menu at the top. Uh, I guess when you hit that, you can change it to iPhone or whatever you want. But I don't have to refresh. Uh, well. Unless do you have to refresh to actually post when, or basically you don't have to it'll change the
1: size by itself. When you refresh it, now it sends the headers to the website that says oh. I'm an iPhone. Because the okay. first time you loaded it it said I'm just Firefox. Yeah. So gotcha. I don't maybe in some of maybe in one of them they automatically do the refresh because that yeah. I would see that being helpful. Okay. But I've been having to just refresh it. But with mm. with this basically I don't have to upload stuff on my phone because one, that's bad for my posture anyway, and I'm very careful about that. Mm. But two, this means that theoretically, if my goal is to post daily photos as it has been at least for this last 30 days, which is over tomorrow, so good job me. But theoretically, I could not check it the rest of the day. And then get the bulk of my notifications every morning when I post the thing. Yeah. And really, if if I get that little bit of dopamine, you know, from the, oh God, do I have a new like? Did somebody like stuff? I get a much bigger reward if I wait till the morning and I see all of them at once. Ins- that is true. Instead of checking so frequently that I'm like, oh, I didn't get any this time. Yeah, you can just wake up and see 50. Yeah. yeah
0: that's pretty nice. And make
1: it into a block. Because when you put it into a block of time like that, now you're being present-minded. You're mm-hmm. in the present doing social media, it's not interrupting things. It is the
0: activity. And I guess you have a nice thing on that note of the little dopamine rush is, I think that it's an even greater rush when you had to wait for it for a little while. Yeah. Whereas if you just check it, like your brain wants to check it, but the moment you look at it, you're like, "Eh, it's not that interesting. It's it's like, okay, I guess I got a few, whatever. Yep. It's so many things in life, like the anticipation is so much stronger than the reward you get afterwards. So you just have to figure out like, how do I make that reward actually worth it? Uh, So you use your little web browser hack with Inspect Element. Um, I use a Mac for my portable computer and I have found an app called Flume, which is free. And it essentially creates a Instagram client on the desktop. And I think anything you can do in the phone app, you can do on this client. So cool. I've just been using that. It's very helpful for me because I do want to try to answer a lot of DMs, but I'm bad at typing on phones. And I could hook a Bluetooth keyboard to, yes, but then I would have to type and then I'd have to move and touch the phone and then it'd be it, very it's inefficient. It's just not as intuitive. Yeah, with this thing, I can type my messages out and then I can just move the mouse and click and I t- just crush my DMs real quick, which is great. Um, so that is a thing. And then if you're on Windows... I think there are third-party Instagram clients. I have not tried one yet, but there is also an official Windows 10 Instagram app. Oh, I downloaded it and it crashes on launch (laughs) every single time. So I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know if they need to spend some time fixing it. I don't know what the deal is, but it theoretically exists. So that could be something to use. Uh, And then lastly, let's talk about this app called Freedom here. So in the past, I've talked about all these kinds of apps that can block websites and can block um, apps on your computer. Things like, I believe, Focal Filter is one on Windows that's free. There's one called Self-Control on the Mac that's free. And then there's one called Freedom 2, I think, is the website, freedom Two. The sequel to Freedom. It's like T-O, though. Oh, okay. I don't know. Verify that one, show notes guy. Um, I should just say gear I could just say that. People, people can know his name. <laughs> yeah, verify that one. I don't know if it's actually Freedom too. Uh, And then there's um, Cold Turkey, which is the one that I recommended for a long time. But Freedom, so Freedom was the one that I avoided for a while because I believe it has a monthly subscription cost. It's really low, okay. like maybe two bucks a month. I think it's like 20 bucks for the year, 24 for the year or something like that. But I eventually ended up getting it because it is the only one that has apps for Windows, Mac. Android, iPad, iOS, all that. And as people who are iOS nerds might know, nothing can actually block an app in iOS except for maybe parental controls. Um, But what Freedom does is it essentially creates like a different VPN profile in your iOS settings that you can't change unless you go through the app to do that. And uh, then if you were to open the app, like if you open Facebook, it would send no data.
1: Oh, it would just just block it.
0: Yeah, it can't call home. So you'll just open Facebook and it'll say there's nothing here. Or if you try to go to the Facebook uh, website in the browser, it'll say, you know, can't reach this site. Okay. Uh, And the nice thing is you can control freedom from one web interface. So you can add all of your devices to a specific block profile. And then whenever you want to make a change, you make one change, you're good to go. And for people who have very little self-control, there is an option to disable the ability to quit the app or change your block settings during a block session. Okay,
1: so you're not allowed to fix this until it's the end of the day anyway, so nice try.
0: Yeah, now I'm sure if you're like a computer whiz and you know how to dig into the registry or whatever, I'm sure there's some way around (laughs) it. If you're willing to try that hard, you should just do what you're supposed to be doing. If you're willing to try that hard, you should just get rid of your computer or something. I don't know, or I don't know. Like at a certain point, if you're gonna sabotage yourself that much, all I can really advise you to do is to hire a coach that will just come into your house and yell at you, like hire a personal drill instructor.
1: Yeah. But- There's a minimum level of self-discipline required for <laughs> pretty much anything that, yeah. that we say. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I would hope people can use you know, their own motivation and use these tools on their own to develop good habits and not need Jorgen Von Strangle to come to their house and uh, kick them in the butt every single time they sabotage their computer so they can go on Facebook. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question number two. Uh, how can I take care of a pet if I'm always busy? And I think this is your phrasing of the question that yes, I Yes, I didn't
1: see the actual question. So feel free to add oh, more Oh yeah, I think I just
0: told you like pets, let's do a question about them. Yep. Um, somebody on Instagram just basically asked me, they saw that I had a cat, Okay. You know, we're like, oh, hey, how do I take care of a, you know, a cat when I'm a busy student? You know, what are the considerations that you should think about when you're gonna get a pet? Um, now I do wanna address the way you phrased the question. How do I take care of a pet if I'm always busy? If you're gonna get a pet, you are assuming responsibility for a life and you are gonna put that life in an environment where it's probably gonna be happy and well taken care of if you're responsible, but it has absolutely no control over its own survival. Yeah. I mean, maybe a cat will eat you in your sleep if you don't feed it for long enough, that may happen. But for the most part, a house cat or a dog, there's not a bunch of wildlife to hunt in your apartment. And they (laughs) usually don't know how to operate a sink. So unless they're smart enough to get to the toilet, uh, you are responsible for giving them water, you're responsible for feeding them, you're responsible for taking them to the vet when they get sick. Like, if you feel like you're going to be too busy to take care of a pet for its entire life, which is potentially 15 to 20 years in the case of a cat, don't do it. Yeah. It's like having you a know. mini fluffy
1: child. Yeah. You know, you, if you don't think you have a year, uh, I'll, I'll look at how it's doing every Tuesday or so. Yeah. Probably it's like, shouldn't.
0: it's like a, it's a step towards having a kid. Uh, and I guess technically you can take a pet to a shelter if you really can't take care of it on like. Well, I guess there probably are ways to do that with kids, but let's not talk about that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and sometimes some like if you get
1: fish, you can fairly decently automate a lot of yes. that so that you don't have to like handle yeah. it every day. You can automate food and water filtration and all sorts of stuff.
0: Exactly. So the first thing to think about is what is my level of busyness and not on just a day-to-day basis. How often do I travel? How often am I away from the home? Yeah. Uh, and then look into pets that fit the level of maintenance that you are able to put in. Like you said, fish, pretty easy. Though if you don't know what you're doing, the tank can easily get out uh, of control yeah, that and they'll all
1: die. Don't pretend it's like straight up easy. Yeah. Do a lot of research, but you can automate a lot of it.
0: Yes. Don't put a fish tank that doesn't have any real plants in it in direct view of the sun. Turns out you just can't uh, control the algae growth. They just (laughs) can't. So we learned that lesson. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I think this is more my question than yours because you I don't have have any pets right now. Have a pet? I know you grew up with a lot of pets, but it wasn't. I think my
1: busyness has changed since then. Now I'm now I have responsibilities. I didn't really have a lot back then. Though, when you move and get a house, are you still thinking about getting a cat? That will depend actually yeah. you know i've been i've been thinking about it. it depends on the kind of lifestyle that i keep wanting to lead because mm-hmm. i really don't want to have a pet if i cannot give it the level of attention that i want to
0: yeah so maybe fish for like, you like i love cats or cat.
1: and and fish are awesome but i'm not i don't want to take responsibility of a life that i
0: can't adequately provide for yeah so what i love the idea of doing um you know when we were back in the apartments in our college town our cat I guess Anna's cat at the time, came over to our apartment every day. Like, because she was always hanging out at my place. So she just brought the cat over and the cat eventually got used to two homes. Yeah. So my thinking is if you get a cat, whenever you have a house, we'll just bring our cat to your place for a while sometimes when we're hanging out. And then you can bring your cat over to our place for a while sometimes when you guys are hanging out at our place. That way, if one of us is traveling... Ah. The cat can just go live at the other person's house instead of being alone all the time or us having to hire a pet setter.
1: I wonder if they'd get used to each other better in that situation too, because it's a small dose. Yeah. You know, because otherwise when you bring home a second cat or something, they're like, there. first of all, I hate this thing. Second of all, it, I don't get a break to get used to it and say, actually, it
0: wasn't that bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess there's a break in hiding under a couch for a while. But yeah, that's, that's a stressful yeah. break. That's if the cat just comes over for a little bit You know, I think eventually they would get used to each other and then you would have a situation where they could come over and, you know, just live at the other person's house when you're traveling. So that's something I've been thinking about because I do travel for business quite often and now Anna is starting to travel more and more. So there are, you know, there's times are cropping up where we're like, oh no, we need to get a cat sitter. Yeah. And luckily you guys live like one floor away and you're usually willing to do it, but I want to make a situation where it's easier, both on people that we're friends with and the cat. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing is just consider how busy you are, consider what kind of life you lead and and make your pet choice on that. Take it very seriously and uh, get low maintenance pets if you can't handle something else. Like I think a dog would be the highest maintenance normal pet. Yes. This is why I don't. Want a dog? Sorry, Colorado.
1: I know that everybody in Denver is now out to get me, but everyone in Denver's just too busy petting their own dogs. Dogs are cool, but like, I don't. That's like a really energetic kid all the time. I'm yeah. too. I'm too chill for that. I'm. A, I'm basically a cat myself. You know, I just kind of want to hang out.
0: You kind of are like a cat in certain ways. Yeah. I'd just be like, dog. I'm meditating. And now someone's drawing weird fan art. Uh, wow. The thing about well, that's cats go well is you sh- I do think you should play with cats. Like, well, yeah. Emotional support attention. is part of what I want to give, but to they any need animals. far less. Like a dog, you should walk it an hour a day. You should be present a lot more and you have to take them outside and all that kind of yeah, stuff. All the time. So, I mean, they could be an outdoor, you know, primarily outdoor dog maybe, but not in an apartment building. Yeah. And I don't think most of our listeners currently own a house with a big yard where they can just let their dog, now, see, day.
1: that that definitely changes the, the calculations a little bit. Like I'd mm-hmm. be more okay with the idea of a dog if it could be a mostly outside dog that could come in, but like it had yeah. space, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a one bedroom apartment, I'm like, that dog's going to be so antsy all the time.
0: Yeah. And on that note, um, I don't know the URLs, so we'll have to look this up in, uh, after the episode at some point, but there are websites, several of them actually, Um, I believe the Kennel Club is one of them. I think like even PetSmart has this. There's like a bunch of info out there about every dog breed you can think of. And they will all mention the level of physical activity that the dog would want. Like if you get a Belgian sheepdog, that thing's going to want to run all day long. And they're super smart. They're probably smarter than you. And they're hard to train. Whereas if you get a lab, uh, labs need a lot of exercise, but they're not quite as smart. They're like more family oriented, a little less independent. Mm. And then there are dogs that are even better for say a high rise apartment where they can't get out very much. So in fact, I think I ran across a website once where you could put in, I am uh, this old, I do have kids or don't have kids. I do have other pets or don't have other pets. I live in an apartment or a house and you put in all these parameters and it would tell you, all right, here are some breeds that would probably work really well for your life. Um, so we'll try to find that and put that in the show notes as well. Uh, that's a pretty good resource. Cool. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by Skillshare. Now, if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time or following me on social media, you'll know that one of my favorite pastimes is learning new skills and trying to do it rapidly and as efficiently as I can. Uh, right now, I would say that my my most... Um, what would I call it? Most interesting skill that I'm pursuing or most passionate skill I'm pursuing pursuing at the moment is guitar. And I make sure that I practice every single day and that's why I've been reading that music theory book that I've been talking about. Um, but also getting back into figure skating and uh, also some music production stuff, which is really interesting and if you wanna start spending some of your free time learning new skills instead of playing video games or spending time on social media like you shouldn't be doing, then Skillshare is an excellent resource. They have over 20,000 classes from tons of different highly qualified instructors in courses uh, ranging from topics like business to design to coding to game development to music production there is a ton on their platform and the great thing is you can get access to their platform for one low monthly price less than 10 bucks a month and even better if you go over to skillshare.com ciG you can get two months of unlimited learning on skillshare for just 99 cents and on that note about music production there is one particular course on skillshare that I do want to recommend to you and it's young guru's course on the fundamentals of music production which goes over all kinds of stuff like Eq and compression so if you are like me, you have aspirations of becoming a musician and you wanna know how to produce your own music instead of spending hundreds or thousands of dollars to enlist the services of a producer, that is a great place to start. Once again, that's Skillshare.com CIG. Head on over to that URL that also lets them know that you came from this show and start learning something new today. Start a new course, start practicing, and start building some new skills. Uh, big thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of College Info Geek in general. And let's get back into the show. All right, let's move on to question number three. Uh, This question says, I've never had a job due to mental health issues. So I'm looking to get an internship, but I've got nothing to put on my resume. I'm guessing that's what it is here. And I don't know how to express to potential employers that it's due to my mental health issues, not because I'm lazy. I'm worried that I won't even get a chance to explain this in an interview because my resume is so sparse. My grades are good and my portfolio is pretty strong. Any tips? So I'll let you take this one at first, but the mention of a strong portfolio was already uh, you know, a yeah, step that, in the right that's direction. That's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would first, uh, disclaimer,
1: I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I have lost more time and things to that over the last 11 years than I want to think about. So I empathize. I understand. But you probably don't want to just bring up problems like this for no reason unless it comes into conversation by way of how you're overcoming it mm-hmm. or challenging it or something. And we have episode two hundred nine. We just talked about resumes and uh, how to fill those out if you don't have as much experience. But basically, just act the same way you would if you didn't have a lot of experience, and it was due to anything else. Yeah, because I d- I don't think this is an important thing to give to the employer unless it's like necessary in some way. I wouldn't I wouldn't go up there and then just try to say by the way. This is why I haven't succeeded. What they want to know is how I'm going to succeed. Yeah. So I will phrase it as how I'm going to succeed starting now. What can I do? Not here's why I haven't done so much, but here's what I'm going to do. If the past isn't flattering, I don't want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to impress them. Not They're not just going to give me a job because they. Yeah. Like I need to convince them I have the potential. It's not their responsibility to assume I have it.
0: And a lack of job experience isn't the end of the world, especially, I mean, this person is saying that they need an internship, not a full-time job. A lot of those people won't have a lot of job experience anyway. When I interned at principal, I had a ton of previous job experience, but a lot of my fellow interns had zero, just class experience. And that's because companies that are hiring interns know that they are hiring for a learning experience. They're hiring to help develop people who may eventually become qualified job candidates. And yeah, they're gonna get some value out of it because they're gonna teach you how to do a job and you're gonna do it, but they know this isn't the same thing as hiring an employee. I'm not investing time into this person so they're gonna be a productive asset to the company for many years, uh, or you know, the average two years, I guess it is these days. This person's gone in three months. So I'm essentially providing a service to this person yeah. by letting them learn. And I'm gonna get some benefit from it, but definitely not even near the amount of benefit that I would get from a full-time employee or even a part-time employee. So the mental calculus is different. And they're they're gonna be a lot less scrutinizing about things like a lack of job experience, unless it's maybe a super competitive internship. But again, this person mentioned they have a strong portfolio and good grades. And the good grades are great. That's a nice foundation there. But I wanna focus on the strong portfolio there. The great thing about portfolio is you can build that yourself. You can find opportunities to go get experience in whatever field you're in and you can find a way to either show it if it's work that is easily shown or tell a story about that, which can help you make a stronger case for why you're a good interned candidate. Yeah. So maybe you were never paid to do this work, but you went off and did a volunteer experience or maybe uh, you found a way to just do it on your own. Tell a story about that. And this is actually a question we get quite often from people who are not, say, design majors or computer science majors. Things where it's really easy to put, you know, mywebsite.com/portfolio, or really easy to yeah. print out portfolio. Uh, you know, I'm a hospitality management major. How do I show a portfolio of that, Sherlock? Tell a story about it. You know, maybe you did a huge class project where you actually worked with a local company to put on an event or maybe you're a fashion design major and you put on a fashion show at your university and you actually made clothes. Take pictures, document the process. Find ways to show your progression and then put that on your portfolio wherever it lives and then show that to the person interviewing you. Or make a strong case uh, with your resume. So if you can't put a ton of work experience, make work experience out of those projects. Yeah, They might be projects, but then you could, in in the like duty slash accomplishment section, you could have my portfolio is here. Check out the pictures from this project or something like that. You know, there's no rule saying you can't do that. Yeah. In fact, I don't think we've ever given that tip before, but there's literally nothing stopping you from putting an actual URL to a page on your website or a photo on Flickr or whatever it is to show what you did in a specific job or a specific project. That's a lot more compelling than just trying to describe it on a resume. Now. You wouldn't want to only have that because especially if your your resume is going through, say, an applicant tracking system, they're looking for keywords, they're going to be triaging based on a lot of details like that. So don't just say, details of this position are here. Describe the position and then maybe like the final bullet point is see my entire project at thomasjfrank.com slash, I don't know, beanbag (laughs) race. That's not (laughs) real. The beanbag race. (laughs) I put together this great beanbag race. Those were dark days. Yeah, it actually, the end of the <laughs> bag race, um, tragedy struck. But let's not talk about that. The The beginning was great. I, yeah. I just forgot. Oh, See, so you wouldn't talk about the tragedy. You wouldn't yeah. play that up. Look, I did everything right. The fact that I forgot to install the carbon monoxide monitors is just... <laughs> 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 what? How does that... <laughs> I
1: don't know. Uh, somebody write a fanfic about the beanbag races and how I carbon monoxide became an issue. I'm really interested. I don't
0: really want to see that. <laughs> see that. Aren't, aren't beanbag races usually outside? Yeah, I don't. I don't I think, that's why I don't that's know a how lot this happens. Somebody monoxide. come
1: up with how this made sense. I want to know. There's like a
0: tube that you got to go through. <laughs> Somehow there's and just it's filled with carbon, carbon monoxide. monoxide being pumped into it. Yeah. All right. This, okay. this episode is a garbage fire. Let's go on to the next. <laughs> that's where the monoxide <laughs> came from. Okay. Yeah. Question number 4. Which do you prefer? E-books, audiobooks, or paper books? I've actually gotten this question several times on Twitter. Several times. Okay. Yeah. Well, we all know you don't really like audiobooks that much. I do not prefer audiobooks now. So, between uh, e-books and paper books, where do you stand? I read far more e-books mm-hmm.
1: because well, it's convenient. It's uh cheap portable and it's easier there sometimes when my when my nerve injury was far worse i yeah. couldn't even hold a physical book like i was trying to reread harry potter mm-hmm. i got through the first two then at the third one the books started getting bigger yeah. and i was starting to feel a lot of pain and i was like i can't apparently i can't do this but on a kindle i can it the doesn't matter changes yeah and you can get like a little thing that holds the kindle up at a cool height i have a little
0: it's like a little arm or something it's like a
1: gooseneck clamp it's like thing this? similar, but more flexible. And I like hook it to the oh, okay. the railing outside and then hold the book in front of my face so I can sit oh, up straight. Works. And that wouldn't work very well with a paper book, at least not without damaging it. So I read a bunch of eBooks yeah. and I love paper books for my bookshelf. Like this mm-hmm. is one of my favorite books of all time. This is from a favorite author of mine, or I happened to cross it at the bookstore and for whatever reason thought that looks fun to own. Yeah. Like paper books are great, but eBooks are more convenient
0: for my posture. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's, it's really like, I don't think about the posture so much. It's really more when and where did I happen to want to read this book and how is, what's the most convenient way for me to read it? So we were driving to Iowa and I really wanted to listen to Gary Vanderchuk's latest book. Clearly that's an audiobook scenario, 10 hours in the car. All right. I'm listening to that. And on the way back, uh, I didn't end up actually starting it because Anna and I ended up talking a lot, but I just downloaded the book about Zappos and that was on Audible. So I'm going to listen to that while I ride bikes or do whatever in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I almost always have an audiobook that's kind of queued up for the bike riding times or the cooking times or stuff like that. Even if you're reading another book, yep. you, you just also got a simultaneous audiobook. Yep. Um, let's see here. The music theory book I'm going through is paper. And that was because I happened to cross it at a bookstore. So I don't think there are usually times when I look at a book in a bookstore and it is a time where I would want to buy it now. I almost never go get it as an ebook. I'll just buy it as a paper book. Uh, but if I'm say in a coffee shop and I'm like, I really need this book about game theory so I can research for this video that I'm working on and I kind of want to read it anyway, then I just get it on Kindle. Yeah. Um, now I used to be a big iBooks person Because back when skeuomorphism was all the rage, iBooks had page turning animations and you could kind of touch and drag from the corner and it would be really cool. That did feel satisfying. I really liked it. Whereas Kindle was just like, it just changed. But I think iBooks has even gotten rid of that. And now just like the page slides to the next one. So at this point, I consider iBooks and Kindle to be equal in terms of their lack of skeuomorphism. And what Kindle offers that iBooks does not is WhisperSync. So for anybody who doesn't know what this is, uh, WhisperSync, I guess I'll put this up front. Kindle obviously syncs your position across all your devices. So you could read some on your desktop and then you could read some on your iPad and you could read some on your phone when you're on the train or something, and it keeps it all synced. But if you happen to own the Audible version of it too, it keeps those positions synced. Oh, that's pretty cool. So if you're like me and you like audiobooks and you can switch seamlessly between those, uh, you could spend a morning reading 30 or 40 pages in a coffee shop and then just put your earbuds in and keep listening while you go to the gym. And I've done that. That's cool. So that entire uh, Influence series that we did, the Weapons of Influence, yeah, I bought the book on Audible, I bought the Kindle edition, and I think you often get a discount on one or the other if you already own the former. And uh, I would just spend some time in the coffee shop reading the chapter for the episode that we are gonna do, and then I would go to the gym and I would listen to the rest. So for me, somebody who highly prioritizes physical activity and making sure I exercise every single day and has a pretty busy schedule, it's great because I can kinda just switch back and forth
1: yeah that's a really cool feature I didn't know about that mm-hmm. since I don't use audiobooks
0: yeah you if you don't like audiobooks like you then obviously it's not very well, useful
1: oh also I suppose it, sometimes the book would make a big difference because if you were if it was a book with a bunch of diagrams and really complicated algorithms yes. and stuff if I listen to some crazy math book, I'm just gonna get confused it's it not, get, oh gonna work. oh I totally remember what they just said there was an e in there that's all.
0: I don't think they try to turn most crazy math books into Yeah, I don't think a crazy math book
1: actually would be, (laughs) but there's some forms of information that you want to dwell on for Mm -hmm. a little longer, and maybe that would be worse as an audiobook, but that's like really a personal preference at that point.
0: Yeah, Uh, actually, sort of related to that, Uh, a while ago, this company took a bunch of Eliezer Yudkowsky's articles from lesswrong.org about rationality and such, and some of them have math equations Uh in them and they turned them into these beautifully narrated podcasts that you could buy and download. So I did that, Uh, but there were certain episodes where it was just the narrator, like reading out a complicated math equation and I'm just (laughs) concentrating as hard as I can to try to picture this thing in my head. That doesn't work very well. Uh, And on a more real life, or I guess more frequently encountered note, Um, If you're gonna buy an ebook of a book that does have a lot of diagrams or pictures, check the reviews first because sometimes the Kindle version just, I don't know why, they just don't do a good job. And you know, I think this is less and less common now, especially with big publishers, but I've seen Kindle reviews in the past where this is a review for the Kindle book. This book is great. I read it a million times over, but for some reason, the Kindle edition's Uh, diagrams are horribly low quality. They're super pixelated or they get cut off. Um, Some of them are just straight up missing. So if you're like, hey, that's a cool book in a bookstore and I want it, read the reviews first. But if it's a text only book, just go with your gut. I do all three. I have no preference. All right, last question. And this is for you, Martin. It is indeed. Martin, you mentioned the idea of dating a language, quote unquote, before committing to it in a previous episode. Uh, what would you say the best way is to go about really getting the feel for each language? I actually don't even remember you saying this, so.
1: Yeah, I don't know what episode it's from, but I do know the thoughts. Luckily mm-hmm. that is constant in my head. So basically the point here is that learning a language is a long-term commitment generally, yeah. and or an incredibly high effort, short-term commitment, but then you still wanna maintain it long-term. Right. So you know, just like a a relationship, you kind of want to test the waters a little bit before you're like, sure, I'll totally do this forever. And the way I would do that and have done that is I would take at least maybe two to four weeks to really try to get a feel for it, if not an entire first semester of the class. Okay. And then I would be, I would work on checking out movies music, taking Duolingo lessons if they're there, looking at Pod 101 listening practice mm-hmm. on, on YouTube just to hear the language, taking some lessons on italki or ripe to feel, what does it feel like coming out of my mouth? Yeah. Uh, cook the food. Uh, consider what do the countries look like? What are their cultures? Would I be really excited to travel there? You know, and what kind of things about this language can I connect to that would make a potentially lifelong commitment really fulfilling? Maybe it's literature. Mm. And maybe it's anything, but if I find no connections, it's, it's going to be really hard. Or maybe, maybe I, in theory, like it, but for some reason, speaking, it just doesn't feel right. And it's hard to measure what that even really means. But for me, there are certain, like the languages that I practice resonate with me more than some other ones would. Have you had a language that doesn't feel right? They've abandoned because of that? I like German in theory due to my last name and mm-hmm. heritage, but I end up not really liking speaking it as much as I like speaking Spanish, French, or Japanese. Okay. And, like, I think Italian is beautiful as well, but it still doesn't feel quite right because I'm already so committed to Spanish and French. And it's just like, yeah, but this doesn't provide the same amount of, like, novelty linguistically. Right. Yeah. And it's just like. I, because I've I've also tried German and Chinese in addition to Italian, and mm-hmm. I've researched a bit of Korean and like it, all over the place, really. Yeah. To make sure, because it's a huge thing, and I don't know. I really like the
0: ones that I've stuck with, at least for now. So it sounds like it's about cultural immersion in the beginning, and trying to expose yourself to lots of different media, lots of different resources, instead of say taking a class and only focusing on the grammar. Yeah, and the I wouldn't, sentence structure I wouldn't and all exclusively that. take a class.
1: Yeah. You know, it would pile on other things because what if you like spend four or five years, you suddenly become an expert in this language. Yep. Then you take one trip to a different country that doesn't speak that language and you fall in love with everything. And you're like, oh no. <laughs>
0: now i got to learn this language now i've got to yep. choose
1: do i do i just completely abandon and lose the skill i'm already really good at or do i now have to balance both or now you've got a whole bunch mm. of things that you have to figure out it's the language is going to become a part of you a part of your identity and a part of mm. your life and that means it's important to try things out and important to be careful about what you commit to you know you try a lot of hobbies out and you commit to the ones that make the most sense and feel the best for you yeah you don't just say you know what? I just decided on a whim, I'm going to become an expert skateboarder. If I like it, that's cool. But if I don't like it, doesn't matter. i have already committed. Just going to do it anyway. I'm going to be an expert skateboarder. Well, I skateboarding is pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So in theory, the next 10 years of my life can only be skateboarding. <laughs> Done. It <laughs> was spoken for. It's a terrible idea and languages yeah. can take that long.
0: Well, I know something you struggled with for a long time was this uh, perception of who you were at maybe 19 or 20 years old. And feeling sort of obligated to yeah, do everything really... in your life that everything you, everything you're going to do in your life would have to kind of harken back to that, rather than being something that you maybe would want to do more now.
1: Yeah, it was kind of about being stuck in a previously determined identity. Mm-hmm. So this is also why it's important to try out these languages. You know, yeah. it's it's not about what past you thought you were or who you think you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's about trying things and doing what feels right. We have, you know, like we don't have a lot of time and life goes faster than you think it will. Five years just goes because you're busy. Yeah. So you know, figuring these things out sooner is nicer when it comes to such a long-term commitment as language.
0: Now, do you think it would be prudent to say that y- there's not gonna be like this concrete feeling of, yes, this is the one right away. yeah. And that shouldn't deter you from from continuing on with it because it's going to be hard in the beginning. And there are are always going to be parts of it that kind of suck.
1: Yeah. It's not going to be the perfect thing right away. And that's why I say like at least two to four weeks or or a semester or you can't just try it out for three seconds Mm -hmm. and then know what you want. Like I remember learning all those conjugation tables I did not really appreciate the conjugation tables in my Spanish Mm. class in high school, but I'm really interested in a lot of Spanish literature. And I wouldn't have gotten to that point if it weren't for the really grueling grammar and conjugation stuff. And I don't Mm. know that that's the best way to learn it. You know, high school classes don't always do a great job of how that works, but that's that's an even better reason for why you should be having the extracurricular attachment to the language. Mm -hmm. If all it is is a bunch of conjugation and declension tables, you're not going to like almost any language probably unless you're really into the linguistics like me occasionally. But I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, it's just like spreadsheets. Yeah, it's not... It's like the German declension tables. You, I hope you like German because the declension tables themselves are probably not that fun.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, um, it's like music too. Like music theory isn't actually that fun. Yeah. Like you're just analyzing pieces of music and being like, oh, is this the tonic chord in this key or what, or not? And then, uh, you know, like it's not fun, but when you're trying to compose something, then it becomes very interesting because it becomes a toolbox at that point. Oh, I can actually use this chord ladder here to create a pleasing sounding chord progression. I'm not gonna have to sit here for like six hours trying to try every single chord in the entire book here. I know, Here's the key of D minor. Here's like seven chords that work really well in that. Okay, here's like a great chord progression. Here's probably where I should start. Now I could just throw a melody on top of that and I have a pretty good song in like five minutes. So I think uh, you kind of date any hobby yeah. that you're thinking about getting into. And you have to remember that even if a curriculum puts really boring things like a declension table or uh, you know your bar staff or anything like that, really early on and it seems boring, it's going to be very useful later on when you've immersed yourself in the hobby and now you want to start to do something with it. Yeah. Because it's, then it's
1: a tool. It's really like do everything you can to, to answer the question, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And that's all. Languages are long-term. You can't, like with woodworking and stuff, you know, I could make a project. I could say, I'm going to make this project in a week or two. That's yeah. my goal. With language, that's not usually a thing. Because once I have a good conversation, the conversation goes away. Yep. I'm not holding it in my hand saying, look what I did. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So you, you really got to have an answer for why you're doing it because it doesn't provide usually the same concrete goal posts that you can meet.
0: Yeah. And even if you were to record the conversation, I mean, that would be- well, I'm a, not
1: going to like watch it every day and yeah. be like,
0: look how good I did. He. <laughs> it would be a good goal, but it it's not like building a candle holder. Like that candle holder will always hold candles for you. That's great. That yeah. conversation is not always going to be fulfilling. So you're going to want to push past that and continue to converse and maybe travel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. So those are our five questions. They are indeed. We've trucked through them. I think we answered them semi-adequately, you know, as good as that's two That's what I aim for is semi-adequately. That's... Se- yeah. That's basically like my life goal there. Just like solid D plus. Yeah. I like to coast, a D. you know, just yeah. bare minimum. Like how many coattails can I ride on today? Look at all these coattails! They're just scurrying around the ground. Just gonna hop on a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anywho, again, if you guys have questions that you would like us to answer in these five questions episodes, uh, I'm on Instagram at Tom Frankly. You can send me a DM, or you can tweet me I'm on t- Twitter at Tom Frankly as well. Martin is Yo Martholomew. I'm i on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I think you can DM him. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I check stuff before. more frequently now. Oh somebody made a quote picture of you. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, yes, they can't I'm, can I'm be trying you.
1: to pay more attention. Sometimes I forget Instagram even has messages because I forgot about the the button. I don't know if I can check it in the web browser. So oh, it took I don't me know. like you can. it took me like a week or two to be like, "What's that?" I oh. think
0: that's what led me to flume because I was doing the thing you were doing and then I thought, "Oh, I can't get to my DMs and all I want to do is be able to type my DMs." Yeah. My only goal here So I ended up getting flu and that solved the problem. Yeah, but I'll check stuff frequently enough. Cool. Uh, Show notes for this episode are gonna be at cigpodcast.com slash 211. Or if you're watching this on either YouTube or Facebook Watch, you're gonna find that uh, show notes link down in the description. Or I don't know where the description is on Facebook Watch.
1: There's some kind of
0: description where all the timestamps and that link to the show notes live. So check that out. We're going to have links to many of the apps and resources that we mentioned in this episode, as always. And uh, uh, let's see here. The show notes page also lets you know where you can subscribe via audio. Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict. I don't know what else there is. Overcast, Stitcher. Everything that ends with cast. Everything, yeah. Except SoundCloud. We're not on SoundCloud, but... Sorry no, about that. No, they can't check out my check SoundCloud. Out, oh, you can check out my SoundCloud. We got the Fire CIG podcast mixtape. I have a SoundCloud, but there's just no CIG on it. Oh no. So I jokingly put check out my SoundCloud in a YouTube comment and that YouTube comment kind of blew up and people actually did go find it. I didn't link to it, but they found that old rap song I did in 2012. <laughs> you know the one, Krispy Kreme 2012. I, I do. <laughs> it's not that one. I do know the one. <laughs> it, was, it was fun to make though. I should make more rap. I know you would highly appreciate it if I made more rap and then asked you to listen to it
1: all the time. (laughs) I actually took down my SoundCloud, but that's another story. But you're still on Spotify,
0: right? No. Oh, nope. Interesting. Okay. Took them down. I'll talk to you about that later. I'm gonna be doing some Spotify stuff at some point in the future. Depends on I don't know when I get time, but I'm I'm not yet I don't think impressed is the word. I'm not yet happy with the recordings that I've done to the point where I would put them on Spotify, Yeah, but that's the point of the music channel. Record and put things out until I am happy with them. Anyway, uh, last but not least, you can go over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources to find our favorite apps, tools, and books to improve your life as a student, as well as our college packing guide, which you can check out if you are moving into a dorm or an apartment and don't know what to stock it with. So thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you in next week's episode. And until then, stay cute.